This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com, the place to go to find a lot of stuff for free. You know those other radio talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their websites. Uh, We don't. We want to give it all away, and so we are. Freetalklive.com. Now, last night... Uh, once again, it, as has been the trend here recently, we've unfortunately sold things on the air that we wanted to talk about, saying, oh, coming up, we're going to talk about blah, 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 and then we didn't get to it. So I want to make sure we get to what we promised that we were going to. In fact, Mark, you have a story about a soldier. We do. I do. So let's start with that. And then on the way, details coming out from the federal government about real ID. We'll get to that as well. This is, of course, Free Talk Live. This is a blog. It's entitled An American Soldier. This is just one of the countless stories of soldiers who are currently risking their lives and limbs for our sake. Now, I would dispute as to whether or not they're risking for our sake. For our sake, right. Well, that's a typical kind of a cliche. And people, it's like we're trying to divest ourselves of saying, using the term we when we're talking about people in the United States. United States, United States government, all that stuff. Yeah, so I I don't blame people for uh, falling into those traps. But yes, thank you for pointing that out. Staff Sergeant Eric Alva has no specialized skill, but he's a decorated staff sergeant who served in Somalia and Japan. I, I didn't know we were fighting in Japan. Yeah. As troops... It's one of those 700-something bases. <laughs> as troops began to push into Iraq on March 21, 2003, Alva was leading 11 Marine, uh, Marines among 75 or so sailors and Marines in a 50-55 um, to 55 vehicle convoy on its way to the desert in Kuwait, to Basra, um, from, from the desert in Kuwait to Basra, Iraq. It was a logistical convoy moving through the desert at night, lights out, night vision goggles on. The sand was so kicked up it was nearly impossible for Alva to even keep track of the vehicle in front of him. At one of the three stops along the way, Alva, who hadn't eaten for a full day, was heating up an MRE. That's a meal ready to eat for those of you who don't know. And you you probably do like those things. No, not really. (laughs) Not at all. When he went to get something out of his uh, Humvee. I took maybe a step or two, Alva said, and then this explosion went off. It was a landmine. I stepped on a landmine with, with my right foot. The explosion went oh off. Oh, my gosh. Threw me ten feet. I was in severe pain. His hearing was temporarily lost, so he couldn't hear his own screaming. Wow. His hand was covered in blood. The tip of his index finger and his right hand was blown off, and the nerves had been damaged forever. Marines ran to him. They lifted my left foot and cut the boot laces from the bottom. They lifted uh, my heel, and they took the boot off from the heel, and they never touched my right leg. So I remember asking the chaplain, what's wrong with my legs? What's wrong with my legs? The chaplain, because he was had chaplains with us, he said, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong. You're fine. You're fine. But he wasn't. That's the right thing to say in that situation. In fact, yeah, it, keeps, it can help him keep from going into yep. shock. Evacuated to Kuwait by helicopter, Alva woke up hours later in post-op recovery room. His leg was gone. Ooh. I don't think such a man should be kicked out of the military for being openly gay. Do you? Today, Alva will be, that was yesterday, will be in Congress asking uh, for the ban on honest homosexual soldiers to be lifted. He's one of them. Lift the ban. Hmm. Wow. It's interesting to me that uh, soldiers, uh, you know, the Marines don't seem to be having any trouble, but uh, certainly the Army is. The Army's having trouble recruiting people. They've been having trouble. They have tossed out thousands in the last decade, since Don't Ask, Don't Tell, mm-hmm. they've tossed out thousands of open, you know, of gay people, you suspected, just suspected gays, not even openly gay. Really? Yeah. 
and it just seems so silly to me to uh, pick this particular thing that uh, you can't you can do anything else in the army. Well, you can't be openly gay, apparently. Yeah, it is really silly. I mean, they're letting, uh, they're starting to let felons in more so than they've ever done in the past. I don't see why they shouldn't. Not but... to mean, not to say that that uh, that felons are bad, but they, I mean, in the view of the public eye, right? Felons tend to have right. sort of that are felons nasty better, flavor. Are felons better than, uh, than gay, gay people? people? Right. I can, I, I can see that question. Uh, so yeah, it's really sad. And now, was this guy gay? Um, did they know he was gay before the bomb went off, or did it did it come out afterward? I just thought it was a moving story. I don't have any facts on. Yeah, uh, I'm curious Hoffa. about that. I mean, if they'd known he was gay beforehand, they would have got they would have kicked him out, presumably, because that's what they've been doing. Yeah, I mean, you know, guys can make it for a, a period of time, and then they they'll you know for whatever reason they kick him out. I know that if I had uh, accidentally or foolishly joined the military when I was younger and got in decided that this was not for me i think i would uh, i'd go gay you know if that would get if that would be my ticket out of the military <laughs> my ticket out of my uh, my indentured servitude seems like a seems like a good way to go about it mm, yeah no I'd, I'd rather be uh in the military really i'd rather be in the military than do what it takes to go gay i don't know what it was to take you just tell your captain oh you've i gone see gay. you're just gonna swish around a little bit yeah i'm a gay man now well what if he says all right well put this in your mouth son yeah whatever <laughs> yeah, i'll put this in my mouth if you let me sign some, or you sign something that says uh that i'll be kicked out of the military <laughs> yeah i don't think so so this guy um you know i wonder um now okay this is a question i know you say the blog doesn't answer it and maybe maybe what you could do is uh, do a google search on his name see if we can find some more news stories about him but I wonder if he somehow came out of the closet after the fact, like, okay, this uh, this explosion happened, he lost his leg, they patched him up, and then he came out somehow and let everybody know that he was gay, and then they're going to kick him out of the military. We've talked about the VA, the Veterans Administration here uh, recently on the show, and how, well, inept they are. And how uh, apparently there's been an expose recently showing that they're completely neglecting uh, many veterans that they're supposed to have the responsibility of taking care of. But I wonder if you are injured in a, in a firefight or injured overseas, and then you come out of the closet, is the Veterans Administration also going to um, reject you? Oh, I wouldn't think so. You wouldn't think so? I wouldn't. No. I would think so. Just seeing as how they've been treating gay people all along... You know, they might just de- they might just decide that you've nullified your so-called contract with the government. Remember, they can set whatever rules they want to. I mean, are the run-of-the-mill um, breadbasket Americans going to get really upset I, if the uh, VA isn't treating uh, the gay soldiers? I, I don't think so. No, I don't think they would get upset. So, I mean, there wouldn't be a huge outcry with the exception of uh, whatever small gay military organizations there are out there. And if there are gay military organizations, then presumably their membership would be secret. Because if their members were outed, then they'd be out of the military. So, I mean, these people are, these guys are persecuted. These are one of the persecuted classes in America, and I think it's really sad. Yeah, it seems to be okay to do it. I guess I want to know from you, dear listener, if you think that this is an appropriate policy. And I'm sure there are plenty of former military, maybe even current military people out there right now, who, uh, who might have feelings on this. 1-800-259-9231 is the packet8.net toll-free line. I mean, they allow women in the military at this point. I mean, I guess one of the, um, I don't know, I'm not a military expert, but it would seem to me that one of the excuses for not having women in the military before would be that they might distract the guys. 
right? You put a woman in a, a unit, and she's going to get a lot of attention. Uh, guys are going to be fighting over her, that sort of thing. Yeah. So I, 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 maybe their excuse is that they don't want any sort of sexual tension. Uh, but then again, if you've allowed, if you'd allowed, if you've allowed women in, then you've allowed that sort of sexual possible the p- potential for sexual tension in the in the ranks. And if that's okay, then what's wrong with with uh, gay men or women coming into the military as well? What's wrong with that? Well, it's probably the uh, the animosity that some some people feel towards gays is um, you know the military just doesn't want to deal with it. But the thing is, is they have gay people in the military right now, and you know the policy just is keeping the quiet. policy is don't ask, don't tell. Right. Well, for God's sakes, what difference does it make then? I don't understand it. I really don't. It really I mean, is just some sort of um, homophobia that goes all the way ve- to the top levels of the military. I might very well, you know, if I worked with somebody who was, like, militantly gay and wanted to shove it in my face every single day, I might very well... Look, man, don't quit telling me about this. I don't care. Well, it would seem to me that in that case, you'd have somebody who's disrupting the, you know, the core of the unit mm-hmm. that they're in, and it wouldn't matter if they were gay or a Jehovah's Witness or somebody else that's going to, you know, or a network marketer that was just shoving something in their face, whether it's their uh, their homosexuality or their religious belief system or whatever it is that they're trying to promote. If that's what they're doing all day and all night long, that's going to disrupt the unit, the cohesion, if you will, and that would be reason enough to rebuke that person, punish that person, and deal with that person individually on that basis, not on the basis of whether or not they're gay. So I want to know from you how you feel about this at 800-259-9231. On the way, Real ID, the details have been revealed. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want, toll free, 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net, toll free line for you. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features totally free, bulletin board system included, about 200,000 posts, over 1,500 people interacting, and uh, it's all for free at freetalklive.com. And February's winner of the Lysander Spooner Award, Radicals for Capitalism, A Freewheeling History of the Modern American Libertarian Movement, by Brian Doherty, outlines both the history of libertarianism and its true influence yet to come. Check out this and many other books and videos on liberty at LFB.com. That's Lazy Affair Books at LFB.com. Talking about gays in the military, uh, Mark, you read a, uh, a heart-wrenching story about a young man who had uh, his leg blown off by a landmine over in the Middle East recently, and when he came back, he came out of the closet, and he was decorated. He had uh, some stars and stripes, etc. All that stuff they give out. Right, and uh, turns out he's a gay man, and now the military is, of course, shunning him as a result of that. And I just want to know how you feel about that, whether or not you're in the military, um, whether you think it's right or wrong, because it seems to me to be totally wrong. It seems like if you're going to have a government that talks a a good game about not discriminating against people, then shouldn't it set the example by treating everyone equally and allowing them all to uh, to so-called serve in the military as long as we're going to have this uh, organization? I think that you should. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Joe in Arkansas. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Joe. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? Ah, well, I, it's a very um, um, interesting subject. I am a veteran. I was a combat photographer in the U.S. Army. Okay. I volunteer after coming from uh, Portugal. 
and um, I was totally in love with uh, with America, with uh, the ideology of uh, democracy, of uh, human rights, and I knew what it was like not to have any. <laughs> <laughs> so in order to feel like an American, I felt like just applying and going through the bureaucratic process wasn't <laughs> enough. I wanted to give to this country and this and the American people a vouch of my passion and my belief in, in the things I felt that America stood for. And, and so unfortunately, you decided to I join the military. Uh, right. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and um, it was a great time for me. I felt uh, validated. Uh, um, and at the time, there wasn't really any issue of, um, of, um, of homosexuality. Uh, it wasn't an issue. Uh, and, uh, so how long ago was how long able to talk about or to deal with it or uh, just was invisible. And so I went through six years in the military without even noticing an issue. And then years later, all of a sudden, there's this big thing about homosexuality. And I go, well, geez, you know, I, I went through, I didn't notice anything. And when, I, uh, what, can I ask when you were in the military? You say it was a while, a while back. Yeah, uh, I went in from uh, 77, 76 to 84, actually. So now, when you were in the military, did you notice anyone who was very clearly a gay man or, or woman at that time? Um, well, actually, no. I, I didn't. I, I noticed a couple of uh, women that were gay that uh, were, but I feel I felt like okay, with all these guys around, they kind of just defend themselves, and so they get the rap for being lesbians just because they don't put out to the guys. And I see. One right. thing I noticed much more clearly was. Uh, the way that they refer to the women as the whack, and they, um, it was so clear there was like a, an entitlement, you know, you are a chick, and we should, and we are guys, we should have the right to, you know, pump you if you want to. Oh, right. my goodness. It was horrible, you it know, is. but that was the game, and, uh, and I, um, I didn't participate in it. I, I saw it to a certain extent, but, uh, you know, uh, just kind of did my thing. So, and uh, now, yeah. when it comes to uh, the the issues of, of homosexuality, uh, I feel that it's such an hypocrisy when we are spinning and trying to take democracy and freedom and rights to the world. Well, that's we not what we're doing. That's just them. the uh, that's just the state line. Uh, we're not taking freedom to the world by dropping bombs on people. But nonetheless, you're you're exactly, suggesting exactly. Thank you. I was being sarcastic. Okay, thank you for that. Okay. <laughs> but you're. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's extremely uh, <laughs> wrong for us to discriminate between the choices that individuals have in how to express their love. Absolutely. That's their space. It's their right. It's, you know, if we are going to have an environment in the society where we are trying to learn not to just put up with somebody who thinks differently, but to totally accept the differences, then if we don't comply with that, then we are being hypocrites. Yep, you got it, Joe. Thank you for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line. Uh, you know, I totally agree. There's a vet that uh, doesn't see any problem with it. Beyond the cliches about the military, at least, I totally agree. Yeah. All right, let's continue uh, to another military man. It's Puke calling from New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live on the Amplifier line. Hey, Puke. Good evening. Hey, what's up? Yes. Well, obviously, I just got out of the military a few months ago, um, and I have no real problem. I found out that uh, one of the guys that I knew for about a year 
Um, he, you know, we went to different stations, and I found out later that he got out on this whole gay thing. Really? And I don't know, you know, I never knew anything about him being gay or if he was just using the system to get out before mm. he was uh, deployed. So, you know, I mean, it's 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 just a silly non-issue to me because, um, you know, they always say that, like, well, what if the gays are always running around touching people and whatnot? Oh, come but, on. But they already, yeah, they already have a system for that. I mean, if you have a, a woman or a man, if you are a woman, you know, and soldier, and she comes around and is, uh, you know, sexually harassing you or something, they have, yeah. uh, you know, what they call equal opportunity in place where you can make a complaint. And uh, unwanted it sexual, adv- it's an unwanted sexual advance, regardless of who it's coming. Right. From. Are you telling me you that, that they have all those um, young those young guys together, guys in their twenties, and um, you know, even the heterosexual guys don't sexually harass each other? Well, we're not supposed to, but I mean, we but they around. do. Yeah, they they fool yeah. around. They, they're they're making jokes and everything, but you know they're sexually harassing the hell out of each other. Mm-hmm. And so, why is it okay for the um, heterosexual guys to touch each other's butts and make kissy faces? They're, they're not gay. <laughs> they're kidding, I guess. Yeah. Right. Well. Yeah. So, I, and especially this this um, guy that we were talking about, or you were talking about. Um, I mean, obviously, nobody had a problem, and he and he had a fairly successful career up until the point that he told somebody who was gay, and then bam, mm, it's over, it. huh? Yeah. You know, it seems to me that a a gay man or a woman has a lot of courage if they're going to join the military as as a as a homosexual, because I would get the feeling, just based off of just the stereotypical army dude. Like, I get the feeling that they're very unwanted there. These people are very homophobic, uh, they're very anti-gay, and it seems to me that to, to join and to, uh, to join the ranks of people like that, to be around people like that all the time, and always, possi- always having to be quiet and, and keep secrets and, uh, and not reveal yourself for who you truly are, I think that's, uh, that's a pretty courageous act on its own, just joining the military as a gay person. Yeah, that's true. That, that you know, I mean... It, it would be pretty hard. I get the opinion. feeling there's a lot of uh, hateful people in the military, and I think it's sad. Puke, thank you for the call. Pretty true. Appreciate yep. hearing from you. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. On the way, real ID. The details are out, and we'll give them to you here in moments. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. You take control and bring up anything. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The place to go. Lots of stuff to see, and it's all totally free, including the Shrine of Female Listeners. Shrine.freetalklive.com will get you straight to it. The dozens and dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove thereby that they listen to the show. Shrine.freetalklive.com will get you there. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. All right. So uh, as, I'm, as I mentioned, uh, we've got a story about the upcoming Real ID bill. Now, as you might recall, 
They passed this back in 2005. I believe it was May of 2005. And the original requirement was that it was to be implemented by 2008. Obviously, 2008 quickly approaching at this point, already through two months of this year. Won't be long before we're done with another year. Yeah. Uh, it's March now. Yeah. And so, in this case, with the Real ID Act, things aren't going quite according to Homeland Security's plan. Things haven't worked out exactly as they'd hoped for. What a surprise. Government fails, demands more money. Yeah. Fails, demands more money. In fact, uh, Declan McCullough has the story from CNET News, who I actually had the opportunity to meet briefly over the weekend. I didn't get to see him. I I I found him at the very last minute. I was sitting there watching during the Ron Paul uh, closing speech, Mm -hmm. and I saw him walking around taking pictures. And so I made a point of uh, approaching him and handed him one of my cards. Um, I, I didn't know, I would not have recognized him um, had I just seen him, but I saw the name badge hanging off. So thank mm. goodness for name badges at conventions. Um, so I got in touch with him and uh, let him know that if there's anything that we can do to help him out, that he should get in touch. Anyway, he writes uh, for CNET, hundreds of millions of Americans will have, to, uh, will have until 2013 to be outfitted with new digital ID cards, the Bush administration said on Thursday, that's today, in a long-awaited announcement that reveals details of how the new identification plan will work, supposedly. The announcement by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security offers a five-year extension to the deadline for states to issue the ID cards and proposes... As states are just, you know, they're they're not doing it. Yep. And proposes creating the equivalent of a national database that would include details on all 240 million licensed drivers. Hmm. According to the draft regulations which were required by Congress in the 2005 Real ID Act and are unlikely to assuage privacy and cost concerns... Raised by the state legislatures, here are a few bullet points for you. First, the real ID cards must include all drivers' home addresses and other personal information printed on the front and in a two-dimensional barcode on the back. The barcode will not be encrypted because of operational complexity, which means that businesses like bars and banks that require ID would be capable of scanning and recording customers' home addresses. That doesn't sound very good. Well, it... it Assuming that your home address is still, I, I mean, I is on your ID card. No, that you're, uh, it it is on your ID card, but that you're still living there. I mean, for instance, I have a uh, driver's license from Florida, where I've had my home address as a place that I haven't lived in for over two years. Which, of course, is actually a violation of the law. That yeah, it's you're not supposed to do that. Screw them in that law. I, okay, wow, I like that attitude, Mark. <laughs> well, I just, it's just a bad law. The radio frequency identification RFID tag is under consideration. Homeland Security is asking for input on how the licenses could incorporate RFID-enabled vicinity chip technology in addition to the two-dimensional barcode requirement. States must submit a plan. Remember, um, in case you are new to this real ID thing, they're going to make it so that the Homeland Security, the head of uh, Michael Chertoff, the head of the agency, will be able to at any time dictate what the requirements of the real ID card is and so or are so they might change year to year if well, they i mean they probably it's unlikely it's the government so it is unlikely but if, if it doesn't start with rfid a few years down the road it could very well have rfid uh it could also have uh, all Blood sorts type, of biometric have, info yeah it could have dna um kind of things in there you, you never know what they're what they're going to do with it it's unlikely but who knows uh okay now I mean, if the war on terror steps up a little bit now, here's an interesting point. Remember, before, states had to comply with the Real ID regulations by uh, 2008. May of 2008 was the original deadline. That's now been extended by five years. However, the government is still mandating this. States must submit a plan of how they'll comply with the Real ID Act 
by October of 2007. If they don't, their residents will not be able to use IDs to board planes or enter federal buildings starting on May 11th of 2008. It doesn't look like that's going to happen, though. It looks like the state... I mean, why would the states come up with plans? Here's your plan. We're not doing it. I mean, that's what... How several states have said at That's this point. That's what's going on. In fact, uh, he covers those those states that have been uh, fighting back against this. And, and so they're going to really, really keep the citizens of three or four, at this point, states that have refused... They're going to not let them on airplanes? Well, that's what I wonder. Now, when I was reading this, I thought to myself, hmm, you and I, Mark, we're going on a plane here in about a week's time. In fact, mm-hmm. uh, a week from now, we're going to have three days of the show where, unfortunately, we are not going to be able to perform this this broadcast. Uh, so we're going to have to put refeeds on the air. Um, there'll be essentially reruns for uh, next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday while we go to Los Angeles for the talk radio seminar, which is put mm-hmm. on by Radio and Records. It's a talk radio convention, smooth fest. We, uh, it's something we need to do to be seen, if you will. Sure. And so that's going to entail, obviously, a plane flight. And I'm thinking that uh, maybe this time I'm going to, f- to fly without showing identification. Because over the past year or so, we've seen story after story. In fact, some of our God, listeners... God, I love it when you do this crap to me. Some of our listeners have even uh, have even tried this and discovered that, yes, it is absolutely as they say it is. If you tell them, you go and you, you get your ticket, you don't need an ID to get your ticket. Mm-hmm. If you get, got, we've got our tickets online through Travelocity or whatever, and you go in, you, you put your credit card in the little reader and it pops out your ticket. And then you go up and you, whenever they're asking you for identification, you just don't show it to them. You just say, I don't have, I, I don't have my ID. And so that's when they say, oh, well, then we're going to give you a secondary screening. So you get to skip the big long line of the people waiting for the regular screening. Mm-hmm. You go through the secondary screening and you actually get through faster if you don't have identification. Interesting. That's the allegation. And it's been confirmed by some of our listeners. So I'm going to give it a shot. But it made me think that, well, when the federal government tries to sound all tough saying, well, your residents won't be able to use their IDs to board planes uh, starting on May 11th of 2008. Well, okay. Will I still be able to not use ID and board a plane? Like, is that what they're – are they just trying to sound scary when, in fact, it's like – when, in fact, it's totally illegal for them to not allow people on board planes without identification? Because they, they allow, they're allowing people on right now without identification. Or are they going to change the rules so that people can't board planes without identification? You see where I'm coming from? I see where you're coming from. Yeah, they're, they're huffing and puffing. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, Homeland That's Se- all they're doing. I mean, they ha- what else could they be doing? Homeland Security is considering standardizing so-called a unique design or color for real ID licenses, which would effectively create a uniform national ID card. And remember, the original selling point on this plan from the federal government was, oh, this isn't a national ID. Each state is still going to be producing this, just as long as they have all the same information then then they'll be uh, qualified. But now they're already talking about changing the plan to make it so they all look the same. So the only difference will be, mine says Florida, yours says Mississippi, Mm -hmm. or New Hampshire, or whatever. Could very well be the the same color scheme and everything. just, Just the word at the top. That's what they're talking about. Thursday's draft regulations arrive amid a groundswell of opposition to the Real ID Act from privacy groups, libertarians, and state officials. On Wednesday, the National Governors Association endorsed a bill by Senator Susan Collins from Maine that would reduce Homeland Security's power to order states to comply with the law. The draft rules, which are not final and will be... By the way, Homeland Security, if we only had state governments that were made up of people with some sterner stuff... Uh, a little more conviction, 
then they would realize that Homeland Security doesn't have the power to boss them around. And hopefully they will. It sounds like they're trying to to make a few steps towards states' rights, Mm -hmm. so-called. Of course, states can't have rights, only individuals can. But nonetheless, the concept should still work for the legislators. And the idea should be, if we don't want to participate in this, we understand that we don't have to. And there's not a damn thing that the bureaucrats in the Homeland Security Department can do to force state governments to participate. What are they going to do? Invade Maine and lock up all the bureaucrats? As far as I'm concerned, that'd be a uh, an interesting day, wouldn't it? would be it? an interesting day, but uh, it wouldn't be a particularly good day for states' rights and human rights. That's true. 1-800-259-9231, but it seems absurd. It seems as though there'd be no way they could do that. Doesn't they don't have like the it. manpower for it. More is on the way. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control. Bring up what you want. 800-259-9231 is the packet. 8.net toll free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by voting for us. It is another month, this being the very beginning of March, and that means that the vote totals have reset over at podcastalley.com, which is one of the premier podcast ranking websites. I mean, it's more than just rankings. There's a lot there for podcasts. In fact, I think according to their statistics, the total number of podcasts listed on their site is right around 30,000 podcasts. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, And so it's hard to be a standout when there's that much competition. But thanks to your votes last month, we dominated the charts at number one for almost the entire month of February, all the way up until maybe the last four or five days when the Muggle cast, yet again, the Harry Potter guys, uh, surpassed our program. And they won by about 200 votes. But we set a record... And we set a record back in January for Total Votes Cast, and we set another record last month for Total Votes Cast, this time with over 1,660 total votes. So we're really closing the gap, because it used to be that we would get maybe 700 to 800 votes, right. and, the, That's the, double. and the Harry Potter guys would be, up, would be up there in the 1,600, 1,700 range. So we've really caught up. Still wasn't quite good enough to finish the, the month at number one, but with your vote this month, we can do it. And so we need you to go to vote.freetalklive.com, whether you're, uh, whenever you're in front of your computer or your at-work computer, vote.freetalklive.com. It's a very simple process. It allows uh, you to, to, to vote for the show and push us up the charts. I think we're at number two. Or we were at one. number two just a little while ago, but um, people are getting online and listening to the show now. Checking their email and getting uh, updates. Yeah, they're, they're going ahead and doing it. That's um, good. We're at 26, uh, 26 above. So, we, uh, so we're number one right now. Yes, that's correct. That's good, but we still need to continue the momentum. We've got to push past where we were last month. We need to get more than 1,600 uh, plus votes this time. So we are going to need your vote, and then we're going to need some votes from your friends as well. So please, once you're done voting, head over uh, to, and uh, send some instant messages, send some emails out, ask some friends and family members to vote for us as well at vote.freetalklive.com. makes a big difference for us because when we're number one, that means more new people finding the show and therefore discovering the message of freedom and liberty. And speaking of freedom and liberty, it is under attack, as always, by, well, the usual opponent, government. In this case, the federal government is uh, outlining their plan for the Real ID Act. And they're pointing out that a few things have changed. Of course, as we we predicted this, didn't we, Mark, that uh, the government was inevitably not going to make their 2008 deadline? I believe we did make that prediction. um, I I don't know whether we made that prediction or not, but uh, we're not going to. Yeah, when you say we, you mean the government. Correct. Okay. 
so the U.S. government, uh, once again, not making their deadline, and that's a good thing because it means that this national ID card is, is at least another five years out of the way, presuming the states don't successfully fight against it, which they are doing, as we'll explain here in a few moments. But according to Declan McCullough at CNET.com, the draft rules, which aren't final, this is a, a bill that's being sponsored by a main representative, would reduce Homeland Security's so-called power to order states to comply with Real ID. The draft rules will be subject to a public comment period. Also include a more deta- uh, detailed estimate of how much it will cost to comply. The National Conference of State Legislatures and other state groups estimated last year that states will have to spend more than $11 billion. But Homeland Security says the cost, including the cost to individuals, will be $23.1 billion over a 10-year period. Another section of the 162-page regulations says that states mm, have until be some riveting reading. December, of thir- uh, December of 2009 to certify they're on the path towards fully complying with the Real ID Act. Again, or else the suggested punishment is going to be that people aren't going to be able to fly and people will not be able right. to enter oh God, federal buildings. You, you, you won't be able to be part of normal society if it's you don't absurd. get one of these cars. Yeah, it is ridiculous. You know, what they're, but what they're saying now that's extra absurd is that well, states have to submit a plan of how they're going to comply by 2007. If they don't submit the plan, then their residents won't be able to use IDs to board planes or enter federal buildings starting in May of 2008. But earlier, they said they were extending the deadline for um, for compliance to five years out from 2008. So you've got until 2013 to actually comply. So in between there, if you don't submit that plan... Then there's going to be all kinds of people that aren't going to be able to do do business at the federal buildings um, with their regular ID cards because they wouldn't have they wouldn't even have the opportunity to yet acquire the real ID cards. So you're just going to shut people out from uh, coming into federal buildings. As far as I'm concerned, that's good news. People can't go to the IRS office anymore. I guess they can't go to the post office, but who really cares anyway, right? Eight hundred two five nine. A lot of people are going to be very upset if they can't go to the post office. Well, the post office will probably still continue coming to them. And are the, is the post office really going to start checking ID at the no. door? This is, it's all, as you said, it's all huffing and puffing. Yeah. It's total blowing hot air. It's the federal government acting like they've got more power than they really do. And you know what? I think they're going to find out. I think they're setting themselves up for a massive fall here. I, I don't think this is going to happen at this point. With all of the states that are getting behind set, just saying no to real ID, I think this could catch on within the next few years. Mm, I think that uh, if the government puts out some, some guidelines for, for it at some point or another, the states will get on board. We'll see about that, because the states want money. Yeah, they and, do. And we'll but they always it. want money. That's, they, you know, and they're, they're not getting to, it. They're willing to sell your freedom down the river quickly. Sure they are. And uh, the, you know what? It's good news, though, because they're just giving us more time to fight it. Like you, go ahead, extend it five more years. That's fine. Oh yeah, you're really serious about not letting people uh, into your buildings and get on airplanes. That's why you've extended it five years, right? Okay, I see. So you just give us five more years, and we'll get some more members for the Free State Project. We'll move them in here. The first one thousand will be complete by five years from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll probably have far more than a thousand people after five more years, and uh, and we're then we're gonna, you know, really really going to get into it. Let's go to Coffee in Illinois, a man who we didn't get a chance to meet over the weekend. Uh, he re- was originally going to attend, and Coffee and missed out. Unfortunately, family obligations prevented you from attending the Liberty Forum, but here you are on the phones. What's on your mind? Yeah, I'm very sorry I didn't get to meet you guys, and I look forward to the next time. Indeed, sir. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the no-fly list and your upcoming flight. Help me to understand the psychology behind this, because normally when there's something so Nazi-esque as this no-fly list and uh, being asked all the, the secondary screening you were talking about, normally my First inclination is just avoid it. Avoid uh, flying? 
Yeah, I'm not driving to Los Angeles. It's a long way to L.A. Well, I know, I know it is, but I mean, there's a there's a principle to be established here. Yeah, well, it's, you're balancing in this in this case, coffee, a principle versus pragmatism. And in this case, the pragmatic approach is I want to do my radio show as much as possible, and we aren't going to be able to do it from Los Angeles. Okay. And Under- there's no way in hell we're going to be able to do it from the back of a car driving to Los Angeles. Understood. I mean, and I and I think that's what they're depending on is the gotcha factor. Yeah, but because I'm not going with an ID, so I'm going to go through and get right. on an airplane without an ID. You know, we can we could very well do the show from a hotel room um, several nights on the way to Los Angeles. That would really suck. Okay, now, here's my it second would. question. Are you prepared to answer questions about your sex life? What? what? Is that what they're asking these days? Are you going to ask us? There are. There's lots of documentation about the goofy questions that they're asking, and I've read more than one case where they've asked questions about a person's sexual preferences and their sex life and so on and so forth, <laughs> things that have nothing to do with flying. Wow. Um, you know what? I probably wouldn't answer those questions. Okay, because if you fail the secondary screening, you better be prepared to drive. Well, whatever. I'll go home. You know, It's okay. just a convention. I'm, I'm just asking you because I'm, I'm really trying to get my arms around this. You know, I'm trying to figure out, uh, for me, I would drive to heck sure. with it. You know, if, if it turns out that they want to know everything about me that pertains, none of it pertains to flying... It's none of their business. Well, if we either choose to drive or choose to fly, because if we choose to fly, you can't, we can't change our minds and drive, because there's no way to get... The only thing that's going to get us from New Hampshire to Los Angeles and the amount of time that we're leaving in order to be at the convention is an airplane. Um, I don't want to get in any car that's going to get me there in time. I don't blame you a bit. There you go, Coffee. Thank you for the call, and I appreciate the concern. 800-259-9231. And it seems like, I mean, if you're going to fly, and I hate it, I hate flying. I'm glad we live in New Hampshire now mm-hmm. because there are two conventions that we will that we attend every year. We attend the talk radio seminar put on by Radio and Records in March, and then in June we attend the Talkers New Media Seminar in New York City. The Talkers sem- uh, the uh, new the uh, the first one, the March one, the talk radio seminar mm-hmm. is held in D.C. and in Los, Los Angeles, Angeles, and it bounces back and forth alternately. Like a so. DC is drivable. Eh, I don't know if I'd want to drive that far, but New York City certainly is. There's no way I'm flying to New York City. I'm getting in the car and we're right. driving down there. Um, so we we actually get to fly less this year than we flew uh, last year. So that's good. I don't like to fly. I don't like dealing with the TSA. And if it, and next um and, and next year when we go to the Washington one, I suspect we'll we'll either you know fly or take a train. And the fact is, um, while coffee is a really excuse princi- me, drive or take a train. And and the fact is, coffee really is a principled guy. I mean, yeah. he's he's one of those those guys who has gotten rid of his social security number. He's uh, he doesn't have a bank account. I mean, he's I, to to do this show. It's just not possible to uh, to, it's to possible. operate in that. Ma- not really. How are you going to take uh, amplifier contributions if you don't have uh, accounts to put them into? I mean, oh, I see. It's, it's not, there's just so, some things we couldn't do without participating in the system to some extent. So how yes. are you going to get advertisers if you don't have uh, you know some kind of some kind of information to give right, them for I, like a tax identification number? Well, plus you can't um, you can't have an advertiser cut you a money order. It's just not going to yeah, work. Sorry. We have to have ours in gold bullion, please. Yeah, so we've got to take, we've got to, uh, well, anyway, we've got to come back for more in hour number two. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. (laughs) 
This is Free Talk Live, and we're kicking off hour number two. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features totally free, the way a good talk show website should be. That's freetalklive.com. You know, we were talking last hour about the Real ID program. There's news out. Uh, the federal government's changing the rules a little bit on this, and uh, we brought this story to you. And I, I said we were going to continue with it, but I, I was reading through the rest of the article, and it's really just more of a rehash of what's happened within the past few months. And as you know, if you've been listening to this show, that there have been a handful of states, Maine being the most noteworthy of them, that has essentially come right out and said, nah, not interested in this Real ID thing. Thanks, but no thanks. See you later. And uh, so that situation continues to develop with Maine encouraging and inspiring other usually cowardly state governments to actually stand up and uh, and defend the privacy, defend the uh, defend their their citizens uh, from this encroachment from the uh, by well, on the part of the federal government. I think it's it's just luck that they're defending their citizens. They're they're really just defending their budgets. Yeah, well, that's true. Defending, you know, they're defending their bureaucrats. Oh my God, we can't work. We can't ask our bureaucrats to work without at least ten or fifteen million dollars. I was just trying to give a little bit of credit to these guys. I mean, normally they they, deserve it. Normally, though, they cower in in the shadow of the federal government, Uh, and in this case, they are, for whatever reason, they are standing up and saying no. Um, And I don't know if the feds are going to come up. I like that part. That's right. And I don't know if the feds are going to all of a sudden dig uh, dig into the, the taxpayer coffers, take a few billion dollars away from the military, and and send that send that to the states to shut them up. I don't know how this is going to pan out, but one thing that that is for sure is that the deadline has been extended by five years, <laughs> and uh, that's as I predicted. The government always slower than they expect. Things always take longer. Things always cost more than they're expecting. And in this case, it's all turning out to be just the same old crap. Uh, just a different program. And so Real ID continues on very slowly. We'll continue to bring you the latest updates in regards to that. But also in the news from Boston, the most laughable city in America. You remember earlier this, or I guess it was all, an entire month ago at this point, that the whole debacle with the, the light bright signs, mm-hmm. the Aqua Teen Hunger Force signs that were placed around something like 13 different cities around the country. They were up for two and a half weeks, three weeks, before finally some paranoid person in Boston thought they were possibly were scary or a bomb or something, called in the Boston Police Department. And uh, they went in and uh, blew a couple of them up, and then they spent 750000 taxpayer dollars to shut down half of the city uh, and go, go into freakout mode over a couple of light bright boards. I mean, just proving that apparently Boston is the stupidest city in America. And now there's more proof, right, well, Mark? Not the not the city itself, just the you know, just the bureaucrats. Boston bureaucrats. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I don't know. The city, uh, the the citizens have to uh, to bear some responsibility. I mean, they did, after all, consent. They're still consenting. They're consenting every, to every these day. idiots, right? Um, I don't have a lot on this, but it's uh, apparently a suspicious package was found chained to a post in Boston's financial dis- district. And really? It's been, it's been detonated by the police. Um, I, I think you've probably seen these before. Traffic counters. These boxes that count traffic as it goes as they go They've by. They've got the little uh, the wires that go across the road, and you run over them. And they have different them. types of them, but uh, this one in particular was, um, you know, didn't have the uh, the the tube that went across. So is this the road. Is some sort of infrared traffic counter. Or something I can't like that? I can't say for sure, but the, you know, I've seen things um, boxes, metal boxes, mm-hmm. chained to um, 
you know, poles before, speed limit signs, right. uh, street, street street signs, that kind of thing. I've never, it never has crossed my mind that these might be bombs, but apparently... Um, Somebody thought so. Yeah, you know, the, the cops in Boston decided that that was the case, and they blew one up. So now you have the bureaucrats blowing up their own their stuff. Their own stuff. I mean, this is how incompetent these boobs are. Wow. Um, now, you know, before they did, someone report it, or did they just uh, did it? Was a was it a police officer that spotted it? This uh, it was sort of breaking news, the little thing that I got, okay. and you know, more or less. Look, here's footage of police blowing something up. Yeah, you know, you know how the the, uh, the news is. Yeah, and they, so they were very excited about the the thing being blown up, and, and that's about the end of it. Um, I'm wondering whether uh, Turner Broadcasting is going to have to pay for this too. <laughs> I don't know. Who, who I wonder gonna, how much it costs to blow that thing up. Who, who are they thousand dollars? Who are they going to get to to pay for this? Oh, the taxpayers, of course. Well, I mean, you the know, taxpayers the ta- pay the tax for the pay, box. The taxpayers and now they're pay for all up. that stuff. Right. Um. You know, previously, but now, what are we going to? You know, what are we going to do? Somebody, somebody needs to be held responsible for this box. Oh, you know, that's this not dangerous happen. box that was scaring <laughs> them. See, this was my point previously. Is now they're blowing up their own stuff. Right. I mean, this is how dumb they are. Yes, I, they are dumb. I, I, These it, are the people that are protecting you, so-called. I mean, yeah. here the flashing box, you know, the, the light bright board could be a bomb. Um, this, you know, traffic counter could be a bomb. Anything could be a bomb. I mean, shouldn't the Boston police just be going around and blowing everything up? Apparently. I mean, by their logic, yes. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. Yeah, it really is. You know, there could be a bomb in my car. Please don't blow it up. It's amazing. I mean... <laughs> You're right, Mark. I mean, your car could very easily have a very large bomb mm-hmm. in the in the back compartment, and no one would ever be able to see it. I mean, really, are do they do these police really think the terrorists are going to blow up a stop sign? I mean, wasn't it attached to some sort of road sign on the side of the road? Yeah, it was chained to it. I mean, it was yeah, a very very large chain. I mean, even during rush hour, a bomb that's chained to a stop sign is only going to take out so many cars. There are f- there are far better ways. To uh, engage in terrorism this, than a, a bomb by the side of the road. I mean, but these people put, don't even understand how, a, you know, I mean, a, this bomb isn't going to do it unless it has uh, shrapnel in it, I suppose, that it could kill some people yeah. um, if, if if it was detonated at the right time, somebody going by. But, um, you know, it's not going to blow up a car. You put, you put a bomb this size full of plastique. It's not going to blow It'll up any cars. It'll take out the stop sign. Yeah, it will absolutely, absolutely do that. It's probably going right. to pick up some stuff. And damn it, there's certainly going to be some damage and everything. But no. I, I can just it's just only, out in the middle of of everything. I don't under, I, I like you know what I I find very difficult is putting myself in the role of the police officers who are responding to this call or whoever it was that saw this or the bomb squad. Well, when the police officers it. definitely responded. You know, I I just get the feeling that they really take themselves very seriously. Mm-hmm. We've uh, breaker breaker. We've a uh, suspicious package ten thirty four thirty six. Uh, need uh, uh please advise. Uh, sending out bomb squad. Uh, please wait. Don't uh, don't approach the package. Mm-hmm. Keep the citizens away from the area. I mean, uh, really, uh, w- it's just nuts what's going on in this country. And how someone can look at a story like that and say, boy, thank goodness the government's here to keep us safe. What would we do without them? My God, they're blowing up their own traffic stuff just to keep us safe. <laughs> I mean, it's so I, ridiculous. You know when are they going to start killing uh, themselves, like killing each other? I want an intra-government war to break out. I like, mean, I want one government bureaucracy to think that another government bureaucracy has been invaded by Al-Qaeda and just like start, just start attacking one another. That 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 DOT guy over there could have a you know a wad of plastic surgically implanted in his abdomen. Yeah. Get him, guys! Well, you know how the the bureaucrats don't like one another. Let's take it to the extreme. Government death match. It's ridiculous. 
1-800-259-9231. Are you somebody who's listening to this show, maybe for the first time, because it would seem to me that if you've listened to the show for a little while, you couldn't possibly come to this conclusion? But are you somebody who actually thinks the government will keep you safe? If you are that person, I want to hear from you at 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And if you are that person, someone who believes the government can keep you safe, can you cite instances of the government actually successfully keeping you safe? Because this is, ju- this is, uh, like, this is comedy material. This is bad comedy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was just talking to somebody today, and, and, you know, my point to them was, you know, just tell me anything the government has done well. Because um, all that I can tell they do is, is they do a, you know, mediocre job and, or, or fail outright and demand more money in order to do it. Yeah, their mediocre job, yeah, always costs three or four times more than what the marketplace would actually say. Oh, if you're lucky. And the government, uh, the government programs cost three to four times more than they even estimate. So, I mean, they just go, it's, it's crazy what goes on. And it's just amazing that the American people can look at stories like this, and they might joke about it. They might joke about it around the water cooler, right, in the morning, Boston businesses. <laughs> Did you hear those idiots in Boston Police Department? I don't Department? think they even bother. Did you hear those idiots? They blew up their own sign. And they blew up their own uh, traffic counter. <laughs> Aren't they stupid? Well, you know what? You keep electing these guys. Or, if you're not well, electing them, you don't do anything to put a stop to it. The thing is, is you're just going to, uh, it, uh, An elected bureaucrat can't make it more efficient and better. You just can't make government efficient because know, they're they, not motivated. They believe that government can be efficient. They believe that if they just elect somebody different, all of a sudden the whole system will change, and it won't. More on the way. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. Is government keeping you safe? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com, place to go for free stuff, including archives and entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your download and convenience at freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase uh, charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customers reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support FTL. That's SACL, C-A-I. This hour we're talking about the common myth that government can keep you safe. And it's just not the case. Story after story gives evidence after evidence that the government is just a bunch of incompetent boobs spending uh, stolen money like it's uh, like it's a party. It's like a big party with a big bank account that they could just dip into and spend on all kinds of guns and bullets and tanks and body armor as though it's going to do anything to keep you safe. And they parade around having press conferences talking about all the wonderful things they're doing to increase so-called security, which in fact doesn't do anything to keep you safe, but does a lot to uh, destroy your privacy and destroy your freedom. That's what's going on. Let's go to the phones and talk to David in Montana. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, David. Uh, long live free talk. Hey, you're listening on KGEZ. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, security, prosperity, and partnership. They got like a trillion dollars invested into it, man. It's going to be a whole new game they're playing on us. They've had a big old 
meeting last week up there in Canada and Ottawa, uh, Mexico, America, and uh, Canada. You're talking about the uh, the new so-called American Security, Union? Security, prosperity, in the name of security and prosperity and partnership, there's going to be a whole new layer of bureaucracy, more yep. government jobs, more fat people with white shirts on that think that they're God and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and they're, yeah, they're, it's like a, a whole new drug war, man, a whole nother new scam. Well, that's whole, what the war on, it, so-called war on terror is. It's like it's a whole new It's going to be a whole war. new, just like this new uh, carbon taxes, man. If you make pollution, you're just going to have to pay a tax and... The pollution will uh, magically go away. <laughs> yeah, right. Sure. Let's give more money to the EPA. A, That'll yeah, solve another everything. Another scam, man. Why don't they? They just gonna take all of our money, put it in the bank, and then we get the chip so we could just pull it out, right? They, they want us to. Start That's what they paying. like. They want the more, more, more government control. Government control. Got to have more, more so-called security, well, more regulations. The only way it exists is if it's, if we participate. It yep. comes down to sit in. Uh, what do you call it? Drop out, sit in, and and turn on, man. Yeah, you're and close. These people to, to screw off. I agree and, with and, you. And, it's all and, about consent. Uh, the government's but, legitimacy only it only is there. The cloak of legitimacy and, they operate under is only there because these, people continue to allow it. Yeah, but there's these guys in Australia now that could break the back, man. They got this. Uh, did you read about it? It's on the what is it? The internet about this uh, air compression uh, motor vehicle. Uh, no, they did it. They could they could go like 200 kilometers. Wow, air, compressed air. air. Yeah, wow, could, I didn't know about that. Now, I know yeah, Tesla it's, Motors has it's uh, rents rents something dot com. Oh, I don't, yeah. know. It, I don't trust I don't things that are on that website. <laughs> there might be well, good what, information there sometimes. I don't know, but there is Tesla Motors. I know about them, and they're doing uh, not not air powered stuff, well, but they're doing electric stuff. Yeah, electromagnetic uh, motors. Well, there's this guy uh, on Johnny Carson in 1982. He had one right on the stage of Johnny Carson, and uh, it could uh, make enough electric for five houses. I remember watching it one night. Way cool, Dave. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. There's some pretty exciting things out there in the world of. Uh, of automotive development as far as alternative fuel and all of that. And if we just get the government out of regulating these things, maybe they could develop a little bit faster. You know, um, the oil companies get money for looking for, to look for new deposits of oil and that kind of thing. I, I, I mean, is that fair? Are the solar companies getting money to uh, – um, not that they should be, but right. it's, it's not fair. They, there's not a level playing field in energy out there. There can't be a level playing field because politics is, is politics, right. and it allows – politically elected people to reward their friends and punish their enemies. And if their friends are the oil companies, inevitably the enemies are going to be the alternative fuels. Mm. And it's, it just, it's not going to change until we do what Dave suggested, and that is stop consenting to this insanity. Stop consenting to this government. Again, uh, in case you aren't aware, the only thing that separates government from the mafia is their cloak of legitimacy. The government is nothing more than an armed gang of violent people masquerading as though they're something else. Mm -hmm. That's the, 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 What they have is they've got these uh, PR systems in place to make people think 
that there's something special about their armed gang. To make them not realize that that's all they really are. They've got uniforms. They've got robes. They've got courtrooms. They've got this flags. Aura. They've got flags. They've got pledges of allegiance. They've mm-hmm. got. Uh, they run the schools. They run the roads. They're everywhere. So of course, um, you think that they're supposed to be there. They've been there since you've been born. So they must always have to be there. Well, that's not true. They're an organized gang of criminals. And you know how I know they're criminals? Because they're using force on people. And that's wrong. It's just wrong to force people to do things. And that's what's going on. And this, uh, this aura of legitimacy, also elections, are the other factor, on the, uh, the, 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 a major factor to their cloak of legitimacy. So the idea is, well, you elected us to do this. You, have, you cast a vote, so therefore we get to subjugate you. Which is, it's absurd. Which came first? People or governments? Which uh, came people. first? People. So no, therefore, but, but government came quickly thereafter. Well, therefore, the concept, at least, according to the Declaration of Independence, you know, is that uh, they got sick and tired of this King George over in uh, Great Britain. Mm-hmm. So they said, screw you to him, and they formed their own government. They tried to chain it down with the chains of the Constitution mm-hmm. because they knew that governments were dangerous, dangerous animals. Well, um, and, uh, first they had the out. Articles of Confederation, and, and then came the uh, the Constitution shortly thereafter. True. And ch- traded one King George for another, but... But the, but the people created this beast called the government. It was not the government does not own you. The government does not. Uh, you don't owe anything to gov- to government. Government should not be worshipped. Government should not be lauded. It should be feared, and uh, it should be fought against. It should be resisted. That's what should happen to governments. People need to realize they need to wake up uh, to the fact that this is an armed gang of people uh, using force on innocents, and that's despicable. Well, you know, um, I think that the government, I, I think the government's necessary, but you, you know, have to keep and I it think all you're wrong. hemmed in as much as you possibly can. Um, you know, get get it down to the the, the smallest bare bones that right, you need to. Right, because that worked really well. Because it's before. going to, gr- it's going to grow and grow and grow. Right. Well, well. Anyway, uh, while yes, that is definitely a good direction to go in if you can actually make that happen, and I, I, I still think it's possible. That's why we're going to be engaging in politics uh, this year here in Keene, New Hampshire, running some of our own candidates to utilize their cloak of legitimacy against them, to get people with our mindset elected to start dismantling the state as much as we possibly can. That's the idea. So because they have this cloak of legitimacy, we'll try our best to take advantage of it, to use it to get rid of them. Right. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231, packet8.net, toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com to take place, uh, to take part, rather, in our wiki. Over a thousand unique pages created by listeners like you. And you can go there and edit the wiki to your heart's content. That's what it's all about. It's like the listener editable version of our website. And like everything else at freetalklive.com, it's totally free. So head over to wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive there. That's W-I-K-I. Dot freetalklive.com. And is there a young person that's important to you? 
Well, give them financial literacy. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton shows kids how to grow up financially free, save early and often, and how to develop passive income streams, the key to financial freedom. The average college student graduates with uh, graduates with $7,000 in credit card debt. That's no way to start a life. Buy them A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich at akidsjourney.com or call 1-800-657-5066. That's 800-657-5066 because you can't count on government schools for crap. We're talking about, uh, with this hour, there's sort of been a theme of government and keeping you safe, keeping you secure. You just can't count on these people uh, for anything. In fact, you can't even count on government school employees to keep your kids safe. Like, the, the government school employees are endangering your, your kids. And I've got two, two examples of this. A Pennsylvania principal, according to the AP, has been accused of selling crystal meth. <laughs> from his office oh no what how so did think, this happen you think your kids are safe when you're sending them to the government school during the day but oh, oh no according to uh Gen- yeah it's interesting you just you, you sort of default to that that the principal is going to be a good guy and he's, he's not the principal p-a-l and he's not going to go and sell crystal meth from his office but this one did you know he was, uh, doing it after school and on weekends allegedly probably during the day as well uh, was arrested after police found the drug on his desk. I don't see why he would uh, limit himself if he's willing to do it from the office. Yeah. Why would why should he limit himself to uh, after school and on weekends? There was no indication that John Acera sold the drug to students at Nichman Middle School, where he was arrested Tuesday, said a uh, agent with the DEA. Police said uh, they began investigating Acera. Now that just means they don't have evidence. That's all. They just didn't catch him selling the drug to students. Police said they began investigating Asera in early February after an informant told them the principal was using and distributing the drug. Asera, who's 50, was in custody in lieu of bail, was on a, uh, has an unlisted phone number, and it wasn't clear whether he had an attorney. No one answered the door at his modest row house uh, on Wednesday. A letter was sent to parents informing them of the arrest, and teachers had spoken with the 950 students at the school where Asera had been principal since 2000. Though I guess if he was selling to the kids, it'd probably be pretty hard to keep that quiet. Probably would uh, spread. Mm-hmm. So probably he wasn't, but who knows. Uh, Lewis, who's the school superintendent, says, I'm saddened and troubled by these events. I offer no explanation. There is none. Eh, that's fairly honest statement on his part. According to court documents, police last Thursday watched a Sarah sell a small amount of meth to a customer in a store parking lot. They stopped the buyer who told officers he'd been to a Sarah's home 10 to 15 times over the past three months. Officials said police then arranged for an informant to buy $200 worth of meth from Acera on Saturday in the parking lot of an Allentown drugstore, according to court documents. On Tuesday, police set up another $200 deal with Acera and the informant, who wore a listening device as he began conducting the transaction inside the principal's office. Acera didn't have enough meth to sell the informant, and he and the informant arranged to meet later that night to complete the buy. After the informant left the building, police entered Acera's office and found him sitting at his desk with a bag of meth next to a glass tube with meth residue and burn marks on it, Mm. according to the court documents. Also on the desk was the marked money the informant used to purchase the drug. The documents say, I wonder if he was smoking up in in his office. What else was he doing? Yeah. Police say say it's really stinky. I don't know. I've never experienced it. Police said that under normal circumstances, they would have made other controlled buys and tried to work their way up the drug network, but that they had to act immediately because of a Sarah's job. Says, we felt that it was important to take him down as quickly as possible, said Martin. And so he has been taken down. The principal who was, last time I looked, administrators, and principals are administrators in the Mm -hmm. school system, 
administrators make a, a good chunk of change. And this is Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, so I don't know what their budget's like there, but you can pretty much be safe in betting that the principal was making at least twice as much as any teacher at the school. Teachers tend to make 30000 Twenty-five to yeah, thirty-five thousand a year. I would say that that's a pretty safe bet. Newer teachers making, you know, in the twenties, high twenties. Uh, older ones making more. And administrators usually make at least sixty thousand. In some school districts, eighty, hundred thousand dollars a year. So this guy, Mr. Acera, was doing I'm sure pretty that well. I'm there's some district that is more than a hundred thousand dollars a year. He was doing pretty well for himself, and they say that he lived in a modest uh, townhouse. A modest because he's been smoking up the rest. Well, that's just it. Uh, he really really must be smoking a lot of crystal meth because if he's spending all of his disposable income on it and still has to deal it in order to cover his costs he's he's a major meth addict like this guy's seeing clouds while he's in a i remember a story recently about a meth addict who was feeling like he was being chased by an evil black cloud Hmm. i mean once you start smoking meth, apparently in the beginning when you start smoking meth it's uh it's fun that you get a lot of things done a lot of housewives for instance will start smoking meth because they feel like they can get more done in the day they've mm-hmm. got a bunch of energy they'll uh, clean the house that sort of thing and then over time you start to go nutso mm. and uh you i don't know how long this process takes but the more meth you smoke the longer you smoke it the more likely it's going to be that you're going to start constantly hallucinating and uh, you're just going to go off the deep end so I don't know where he was in his progress, but if he was to the point of doing uh, meth, meth deals to support his habit... It sounds like he's pretty far along, right? It sounds like he's pretty far along. Uh, so I'm interested to know about that. 800-259-9231. Talking about how the government is the last organization in the world that will ever keep you safe. Look at the quality of government employees, government principals, snorting uh, meth off of a hunting knife in the, uh, the middle of class in the, <laughs> the, the school day. Selling meth out of their car, the back of their car, in the government school parking lot. And then you've got people like this. South Carolina teacher from the AP, a middle school teacher accused of having sex with at least five boys. Oh my Some God. of them students at her school were uh, was arrested Wednesday. Police began investigating Alina Williams Ward, who's 23, after school officials recovered a note containing inappropriate messages. Ward, who's married had sexual encounters with a 14- and 15-year-old boys at various locations, including in the school, at a motel, in a park, and behind a restaurant from December to this month. So uh, she could have been doing more, but they just caught her with five. December to this month, she's had sex with five, five guys. Yeah, like 14- and 15-year-old boys. According to arrest warrants, some How of the victims... How old is she? She's 23. Mm. Some of the victims were students at Ward's school, Thomas said. Ward was placed on administrative leave with pay. Some uh, of the students were? Uh, yes. They all, weren't all? Probably friends, I would guess. Huh. Who knows? She's probably meeting them on MySpace. Come, so, here, come here and hit my teacher. A uh, message left for the school's principal wasn't immediately returned, maybe because he was smoking meth. N- different school. But you never know. <laughs> you never know these days. Ward was charged with criminal sexual misconduct with a minor and six counts of lewd acts on a minor, according to arrest warrants. She's being held in jail awaiting a bail hearing. So once again, if you're sending your kids to government school, they're at risk. You know, I don't think necessarily that it's wrong for Ms. Ward to, to be having sex with these students. It may be a, a pro- professional violation. That may, that may be a problem. But as far as throwing her in a jail cell, I don't think that should happen. And I don't think the principal should be thrown in a jail cell for smoking meth. And that's both personal issues. They're both consensual problems. They're, they should not be crimes. But I bring them up simply to point out the fact that uh, people just have this mythology about government. 
people believe that it's going to keep them safe, and it's just not. You cannot trust these people as far as you can throw them. It can only fail. It is inevitable, uh, inevitably going to fail, as it does time and time again. And we continue to bring the uh, the news to you here on Free Talk Live. And I, and I hope that someday the, the, the tides can change, that people will come to the realization that a coercive monopoly, uh, an agency with a monopoly on coercive force is not the correct group to look to for safety. It's just not. So, with that in mind, 1-800-259-9231. Let's talk to Nigel in New York. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Nigel. Nigel in New York. Well, maybe he's there. We'll check back with him. 800-259-9231. On the way, one more story about government keeping you safe. They have arrested an alleged Al-Qaeda operative. And we'll talk more about him on the way. You know him. We've talked about him before. There's an update in his case. And it's pretty sad as well. More on the way. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want. 800-259-9231. Is the government keeping you safe? It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live is your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll free. 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net. Toll free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free. And though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff. There's two different locations we'd like you to shop. One is our store where we sell Free Talk Live merchandise like Free Talk Live hats and T-shirts, uh, classic archive DVD collector's sets, the Free Marketeer flag, and we give away bumper stickers at store.freetalklive.com. That again, store.freetalklive.com. And we want you to shop at amazon.freetalklive.com for everything else you might possibly need to buy in life. Odds are good Amazon sells it. They've got 35 categories of products, everything from uh, low-dollar items to high-ticket, high-priced electronics. I mean, they've got it all. Furniture, accessories, baby stuff, camping supplies. It's all there. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Pretty much everything but perishables right. at well, Amazon. Well, they have perishables. Well, you mean, when you say perishables, you mean something with like a, like milk, something Br- cold? Bread, milk, uh, eggs, things right. like that. Because they do have a grocery store. They do, but they don't, you know, they, they sell you know, more boxed foods. That will perish eventually. It's just not as fast. Sure. Uh, but that's, that's not what you would traditionally call a perish. I guess you're right. Anyway, Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. You shop there, and a percentage of your sale goes to Free Talk Live, so you feel even better about getting great deals and great super saver shipping deals and everything like that. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the second American revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org as we go to the phones to the fun, talking about whether or not government can actually keep people safe or whatever's on your mind. Let's talk to Nigel on Free Talk Live. Hello, Nigel. Trying again for Nigel in New York. Yeah, can you all hear me this We've time? We've got you, Nigel. What's on your mind? Well, first of all, on the uh, issue of the teacher having sex with her students, you said that you didn't see anything in particular wrong with that. But as somebody with a position of authority over her students, she is – it's easy to imagine that there is some level of coercion going on there. But that really wasn't – I was – I don't know about. about that. I suppose if she's threatening the students uh, with authority as far as if, if you don't have sex with me, I'm going to give you an F, then yes, you're using your authority in an inappropriate way. But I don't get the feeling that this tends to happen. I get the feeling that uh, these kids are just jumping at the opportunity to have sex. That's what well, I – that's probably more likely. Yeah, yeah. But what I was going to say is that I I went to public schools and uh, my counselor in elementary school, he would sniff sharpies regularly. He had this round table where he would sit with students and 
there were a bunch of sharpies on the table, and he would, you know, occasionally pick one up and sniff one. And sometimes he'd, you know, offer it to the student. What? I, I'm not making this up. Well, some people just like the smell of them, but really, you have to really huff a sharpie to get high. Well, maybe he just liked the smell of them, but you know. <laughs> Here, smell the sharpie. Was, yeah, that's a little bizarre. strange. It's a little strange. And well, he did it. He did it quite often. Like it was about every five minutes. So mm, uh, that's messed up, man. Well, he's that, that was re- really was strange. Really and he was a counselor, a guidance counselor. Yes. Wow, guiding you into the world of uh, sniffing narcotic substances. That's fantastic. Thanks for the call, yeah. Nigel. We appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Son, where did you learn this? I learned it from Mister Richard. <laughs> he guided me in the right direction, Daddy. Let's go to Steve in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Steve. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? I just want to remind everybody in the nation how much our government actually owns. What do you mean by that? According to the Constitution, they own the military reservations, the post office, and Washington, D.C. They own more than that, too. They own, uh, I think, a good two-thirds of uh, the property west of the Mississippi as well. No, they don't own it. It's all public property. They just control it. Well, eh, own, control. I, 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 they really, you know, th- that may be the case, but, you know, that may be the legal case, but they own it. I mean, try to do what you want to do on that public property. Try I to build your house. I know what you're saying. There. I'm wanting to remind people that it, they're supposed to be just managing it, right. not controlling or owning it. Right. Well, they the shouldn't even be is, doing that. The problem is they, they should suck be selling it. it. Right. They suck at managing it, too, because what they do when they so-called manage it is they lease it out to private companies who then come in there, clear-cut, strip pollute the land, the crap out of it. the crap out of it. No, they don't really do that much. Oh, no, yes, they do, sir. Well, I live they, out here. Take, take a look and see what they did with An, uh, what they're going to do with Anwar. Just because they're not doing it in Montana doesn't mean they aren't doing a lot of that. They they absolutely are, and it's very destructive. And, and even if they're only doing a little bit, they still need to stop doing that as well. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, what they're trying to do in Anwar is the size of a postage stamp on the state of Texas. But I see where you're coming but from. Do but do you understand that some people that own that public property... Don't want that done. Yes, I understand. Do you that. think that they're? Do you think that that the land that they're forced to pay for, um, that that their land, it's their land that they should have uh, be, you know, that should be happening. I mean, I think the I federal believe. government has done a really crappy job of managing our land. Definitely. Yep. Definitely. So let's sell it off. No, let's not sell it off. Why not? But, oh, I see. Let's, We're going to have uh, the government do a better job of managing it. What's no. your solution there, Steve? <laughs> Let's tell the government, you back off. We the people have control here. Leave it to the local people how to best manage that land. So you want the federal government to divest itself of the land and give it to local governments? Not local governments, the local people. Well, what do you mean when you say that, sir? Well, basically state governments don't own anything either. Well, the problem is, is the public owning of land. I mean, this is, you know, be it uh, federal level, state level, or, you know, county Collectivism level. Collectivism doesn't work. It, you know, even if, even if two people own a piece of land, there's going to be a disagreement as to what to, to do with it. Land should be sold, and, you know, just like you decide what's done on your land, that way people can decide what's best to do on their land. Right. Ownership should be clear. 
Ownership should be Mark owns this piece of property. Steve owns the property next to that. It should not be the people own the property because then government inevitably steps in and says, we're the people and we own this property. So really, I mean, who's con- who do you want to put in control of property? Do you want it to be the government or individuals? Because there's no the people, Steve. Simple question. Oh, you're going way over my head on that one. No, it's, uh, well, you know, it's what? because we've been inc- inculcated with this concept of collectivism. Yeah, communism. Yeah, I, right. Yes. And, I know. Right, and so we need to di- we need to divest ourselves of that concept, and it's hard to do, isn't it, Steve? Because we've been yes, it uh, is. We've, it's been drilled into our brains since day number one, since many of us went to government schools, and so everybody sort of believes that well, Me it's democracy. Included. Yeah, right. Oh, democracy's okay. Democracy's good. The people can own things. Well, it's not true. Um, common ownership sucks. The more people that own something, the more uh, the more th- bad things can happen. And thank you for the call, Steve. Appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. When an individual or, or a group of individuals, I mean, that's still better than the people. I mean, the Nature Conservancy is a group of individuals who's, who have gotten together and said, we want to go and buy some land around the country and preserve it. That's what the Nature Conservancy does. They buy up plots, uh, environmentally sensitive plots of land that uh, they want to take care of, and they take care of it. And I'm sure they have some sort of board decision-making process that uh, where they make decide which land to buy and how to take care of it, and, and it works for them because they're an independent agency that is not coercively funded. Therefore, it's not true collectivism. Look at the um, you know the, the quote-unquote uh, you know national parks here. Um, you know Yellowstone, Badlands. I'm just a couple Sequoia. There's there's quite a few of them out there, and I don't know whether they're all um, all those ones that I've named are national. I'm I'm no expert in this, but people pay money every single day to go into these things. They mm-hmm. are an attraction. Um, now they're poorly managed, and we end up paying more in order to um, you know, maintain them than they manage to bring in in funds. But yes. are you telling me that somebody, a private organization, couldn't manage? Um, you know. Th- those national parks or parks they even could. larger. Of course they could. There are private could. parks, and they would do a lot better than the government did. And they, they do. They do wouldn't. A lot they, they. They. You know. They'd have the right amount of employees because that would be. You know. The, because the they have incentives. They have uh, mm-hmm. profits and loss. They have money coming in, and if they don't have enough money coming in, then they have to cut costs instead of just stealing more from people. Mark, you've got a quick story about uh, another bad teacher, right? Yep. What's um, this one about? This one's uh, out of Lewistown, uh, Lewiston, New York. Another uh, government teacher. Yep, from WBEN. A court appearance for the substitute teacher arrested after two fourth graders say they saw her using cocaine in the classroom. How do the fourth graders know what that looks like? I don't know. Joan Donatelli pled not guilty during her brief court appearance in Lewiston Town Court. Prosecutors allege a white powdery substance, which tests later uh, proved to be cocaine, was found in the classroom February the 1st. Donatelli's lawyer, Angelo D'Amelio wouldn't say his client had a problem with drugs, but did say she's getting help. So I say it's a conspiracy on the part of the fourth graders. <laughs> I think they brought some coke in from their parents, put it on her desk, and then snitched her out. You think so? They didn't like her. They gave uh, she gave her a bad grade. Gave him a bad grade on the last math test. <laughs> brought the coke in, huh? Where did fourth grader get coke? Their parents. Oh, I see. Well, I mean, how else are they going to know what snorting coke looks like? It is very strange. I don't. I, I suppose you could have seen it on television. I suppose that's a possibility. After school specials, don't they show kids what these I drugs guess. are like? I didn't know that when I was in fourth grade. No. I guess kids these days, you know. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Hour three is on the way. The latest on Jose Padilla. It's not good news. 
You can take control and bring up whatever's on your mind as well. This is your show, 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That is the packet 8.net toll free line for you as we launch into hour number three. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free and free for you. That's freetalklive.com. I mentioned we've got an update on the Jose Padilla case. I know he's a Name's allegedly pronounced Padilla, but I just can't bring myself to do that. Well, it's Padilla. A federal judge ruled Wednesday that, well, he should be happy I'm on his side, okay? It's going to be Padilla. (laughs) A federal judge ruled Wednesday that suspected al-Qaeda operative Jose Padilla is competent to stand trial on terrorism support charges, rejecting arguments that he was severely damaged by three and a half years of interrogation and isolation in a military brig. Now, I don't think this particular short AP story gets into it. But we reported on uh, his lawyers. There was a major story earlier this uh, in 2006 right. that outlined some of the treatment at the hands of his captors, the U.S. government, that was absolutely disturbing. Torture. Absolutely torturous. You know, you'd think it was torture if it was being done to you. Oh, yeah. They uh, did all sorts of terrible things to this man. Um, now... I don't think they waterboarded him, but they did essentially deprive him of, um, let's see, they, they deprived sleep, him they of made, sleep. They played noise, uh, you know, they played all kinds of music, they kept they him up him at night. They made him stand in stress positions yeah. for hours at a time. They drove this man nutso. How do they do the stress position thing? How do they, how do they force you to sit in a... In, I don't understand how that is. I don't yeah. know. I mean, Maybe there's some threat of punishment if he doesn't participate. There, there would have to be. They were also, when they would move him from, uh, from point to point... They would deck him out in this massively dark black goggle set. Right. Um, so weird. Shackled. Even though, even if he was just going down the hallway, they would black out his vision. They'd make it so he ca- couldn't see or hear anything. And these are just the things I remember them doing. So what they've done to this guy has seriously damaged him. Plus, he, you know, he wasn't able to talk to his lawyer for two of the years that he's been in captivity, now being uh, in captivity for for, uh, for over four years, I think, at this point, three and a half years of it, interrogation and isolation in a military brig. I mean, they didn't even know where this guy was for a long time. And so now the uh, U.S. District Judge Marsha Cook announced her decision. He showed no reaction. Cook said just hours after she finished four days of competency hearings, quote, this defendant clearly has the capacity to assist his attorneys. Defense attorneys and federal prosecutors declined to immediately comment. His lawyers had asked Cook to order that their client be treated for post-traumatic stress disorder, which they contend stems from years of isolation and interrogation while in military custody as a suspected enemy combatant. Cook said testimony in the competency hearing. Now, again, they're treating this man as though he's guilty. They're treating him as though he is an enemy combatant. They're treating him as though he's a bad, bad man when there's no evidence that has ever been shown in any court of law to prove any of their allegations. Ever. In fact, the only reason he's been charged is because there was a Supreme Court case that decided that they had to charge him with something. Or no, there was going to be a court case 
um, that was actually going to throw, oh gosh, what was it? There was going to be a Supreme Court case that was going to throw something out that was critical to the Bush administration, so they went ahead and charged him to head it off at the pass. Well, that thought, way the case couldn't make it I thought the they Supreme were just going to um, force him to be you know, charged or released. Because they're a, holding him in America. Yeah, there was a judge that did order that, but it wasn't the Supreme Court. Hmm. There was something else that was going to the Supreme Court, a part of one of his cases that was going to go there that the Bush administration didn't want to uh, didn't want to go there. Maybe it was that case being appealed by the feds. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, anyway, it's speculation on my part. The uh, judge said in testimony, the competency hearing showed that Padilla understands legal nuances of pretrial motions and that noted that he had signed a document verifying the truth of allegations made by the defense that he was tortured and mistreated during his years in Navy Brig in Charleston, South Carolina. Cook said, quote, at some time the defendant was able to discuss some things with his lawyers. His situation is unique and he understands that. Bush administration officials vehemently deny that Padilla was mistreated and Cook said her decision on competency should not be read as a ruling on those claims. She said that ruling is for another day. Padilla, a 36-year-old U.S. citizen, is charged along with two co-defendants with being part of a North American terror support cell that provided money, recruits, and supplies to Islamic extremists around the world. All three have pleaded not guilty to face possible life imprisonment. A trial is set to begin April 16th. Now, as you may recall, in case you don't remember, Jose Padilla was picked up, I believe it was outside of an airport, as he arrived back from... Midway or O'Hare? It was in Chicago. Um, Anyway, it was as he was arriving back into the United Mm -hmm. States after a trip to the Middle East. And the allegation here is that this guy is part of a support cell that uh, is connected. I mean, they believe this guy was part of al-Qaeda, connected to the big boys. That was the original allegations. Right. And it doesn't hold water because they arrested him after he got off the plane. If the government was really even somewhat competent and they had some idea of what they were doing, why would they not follow Jose Padilla around, track his activities, put a bug in his car, you know, find out who he talks to, who Mm -hmm. he goes to see, what his conversations are? No, they didn't go through any of that. They just picked him up, put him in a military brig, and didn't tell anybody about it. Then they finally told somebody about it. People got outraged, and then they finally managed to get him a lawyer, and then there's been all sorts of lawsuits, and now here we are today. Trial set to begin in April. One of Padilla's court-appointed lawyers had asked the judge to send Padilla to a mental health center for at least three months. Quote, give him nothing more than any defendant deserves and receives in this country, said the lawyer. A a court-appointed psychologist who works for the U.S. Bureau of Prisons rejected the defense's claim that post-traumatic stress disorder impaired Padilla's ability to assist his lawyers. Well, that sounds like a... He's not biased, is he? He's a court-appointed psychologist who works for the U.S. government and the Bureau of Prisons. That's not... uh, There's not a conflict of interest there, is there? Well, no. Of course, he's going to be unbiased. The psychologist concluded Padilla's competent, even if he has some anxiety and antisocial personality problems. Prosecutors contend that he, a Muslim convert, Padilla attended an al-Qaeda camp in Afghanistan that included indoctrination on resistance if captured, which, by the way, according to his lawyers, he has been a model prisoner. He has not been resisting. So if he was Mm. really indoctrinated by al-Qaeda to resist if captured, he hasn't. John Shipley, U.S. Attorney, uh, assistant U.S. Attorney, suggested that indoctrination was behind his choice to not cooperate on some issues. Quote, that's a decision made by this defendant. That doesn't mean he's incompetent. This issue is whether the defendant has the cap- uh, capacity to assist. U.S. authorities initially claimed after Padilla's arrest in May 2002 that he was on a mission to set off a radioactive dirty bomb in a major city. He was held at the brig without being charged after President Bush declared him an enemy combatant. Padilla was added to a Miami terrorism support case in late 2005. 
The dirty bomb allegation doesn't appear in the indictment. So when they charged him, when they were forced into charging him by the fact that the Supreme Court was going to look at this case, they did not they charge, wouldn't charge him. him. Right, they wouldn't charge him for the the, the whole big dirty bomb thing, which right. is the reason that they've been able to hold this guy for three years. The right. whole the whole idea that the reason the American people didn't rise up um, and be up, you know, I mean, they they just charged him with a bunch of piddly crap. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. And so now we wait to see what the next step in the Padilla case is. We bring it to you here as soon as we know about it on Free Talk Live. 1-800-259-9231. A quick email from Brad. He says, hey, guys, I just had a short discussion with my brother-in-law, who's an extreme Democrat and a Kennedy worshiper and lover, all Kennedys, but especially John F. When we got to the subject of taxes, he said he actually enjoys paying his taxes. I was dumbfounded. And at the time, I, I didn't really even have a good response. What do you say to someone like this? I feel he'll probably un- be unconvinced if I tell him charity would work for welfare and the military is too large, etc. What do you say to someone like that, Mark? I don't know. I, I, I don't. Uh, here's what I would say. Would you like to pay mine? <laughs> if it feels so good, if you like it so much, take my responsi- so-called responsibility. Sure, go ahead. My so-called you can have obligation. Mine too. Uh, I would leave it at that. You know, I would sort of quick, quip it back, would you like to pay mine, and just leave it at that. I mean, if somebody really is that into the government, to where they're they're claiming to really enjoy paying taxes, I don't think they're a prospect for you. No, I don't think they are either. I don't think you can do anything with that person. You could try, I mean, it, you, could, you could try asking questions. You know, you can ask them things like, you know, in a free country, can I not like the government? Sure. Well, if I don't like the government, should I have to pay for it? You could try to show them the gun in the room. You could mm-hmm. try to show them that government is violent. A lot of people that support the Democrats support them on the you know the, the standard Democratic message of we want to help poor people. Maybe you could persuade him by showing him that uh, the Democratic policies hurt those they're intended to help. But make sure you don't sound like a Republican because then he'll just he'll just accuse you of being a Republican and shut off. So make sure you take a few shots at the Republicans as well uh, during your conversation. But in general, I would say if someone says they love taxes, move on. Mm. 800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. Uh, Chuck Nuts going to be banned. We'll talk about it coming up. You're listening to Free Talk Live. 1-800-259-9231. That's, uh, it's your show. Give us a call. Hijack the airwaves. 1-800-259-9231. And while you're at it, go to freetalklive.com. Check out the updates. All you have to do is enter your email address, and you'll find out about all the things that are going on with Free Talk Live. New stations and any other you know important things that are going on with the show. Exactly right. And you can go there at updates.freetalklive.com. It's free. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters created by top attorneys. LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. LegalZoom.com. 1-800-259-9231, the toll-free number. Uh, Talking about a story about what I have seen around... Well, I actually saw them down in Florida. I've yet to see any up here in Keene, New Hampshire. But they're called, apparently, truck nuts or plastic genitals. I, they, they look metal from what I've they seen. They look to be metal, but they might be made out of some sort of 
I don't know, uh, Rubber, plas- plasticky, yeah. metal-looking thing. Most of them are hung by a chain. Right. Maryland. I think they're metal. I think you're right. They seem to have that weight to them. Maryland Dell Leroy E. Myers Jr. to truckers. If you've got them, you don't need to flaunt them, according to the Washington Post. The General Assembly debates global warming and the death penalty. Myers has something else on his mind. The outsized plastic testicles that truckers dangle from the trailer hitches of their pickups. To some truckers, they're mainly ex- they're manly expressions of rural cheek. But Myers, who says his western, uh, western Maryland district is brimming with giant fakes on the roadways, calls them vulgar and immoral and filed legislation <laughs> this week to outlaw I wonder them. if the, the real testicles are vulgar and immoral, though. What, the real testicles hanging between someone's legs? Yeah. Apparently so. Oh, I see. He says people are making... Should have, a, have those removed, too. People are making a joke out of it, Meyer said yesterday, but I think it's a pretty serious problem. You've got body parts hanging from the hitches of cars. We've crossed a line. He obviously <laughs> gets very upset when he sees these things. His bill would prohibit motorists... I think that they're gross and um, I think they're they very show tacky. no class. They, yeah. yeah, they're the epitome of tackiness. <laughs> His bill would prohibit motorists from displaying anything resembling or depicting, quote, anatomically correct or less than completely and opaquely covered human or animal genitals, human buttocks, or or female breasts. The offense would carry a penalty. A hunter could still throw freshly killed and uncovered deer in the back of his pickup, though, because the deer body's parts would be real. So uh, it's okay to show animal body parts to children in the backs of cars, mm-hmm. but not fake Human body parts. Hmm. Eh, it's a little strange, isn't it? Myers, who's 56, says he's trying to match the standards of Governor Martin O'Malley, who's pledged to clean up the Chesapeake Bay. Quote, we've got a governor whose agenda is let's make us the best, the delegate said. So let's clean up what our children are seeing on our roads. Myers, a general contractor with four grown children, represents Washington County and Allegheny counties in Allegheny. Maryland's most rural corner. He said he acted at the request of a constituent who was distressed by what he saw as he drove down a highway. Since Meyer submitted the bill Tuesday, it, had been his, uh, it has been the brunt of jokes from television and radio interviewers. But my office has gotten, quote, 100 phone calls from grateful parents, he said. <laughs> Civil libertarians say the bill is misplaced. The solution to speech we don't like is more speech, said Meredith Curtis of the Maryland ACLU. And she's absolutely right. Yep. In that if you're offended by truck nuts, then if there's a, a business name on the side of that truck, pick up your phone. Call the business and tell them you're offended by those uh, by that particular truck that is displaying the truck nuts, and then tell them you're not going to be buying from that particular business ever again if something's not done to change that. Well, that, that, that's that, what your solution. It's should one be. of the ways to uh, to handle it. I you know the other way is just don't be so touchy. I mean these this is it's their vehicle. But what if it, it was breasts, Mark? What it's if there was tacky? But that's it. What if there were? Uh, what if you were behind a truck with two large breasts sticking out the back? You know, the back end. You the, can the you can end? create a scenario where I say that it's uh um you know that that it's obscene. You certainly can. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, what if there's paint instead some of a, terrible terrible scene on the side of your van, and it's at some point I'm going to crack. What about this. a what about a you know you didn't like the snow penis before? What if there was uh instead of a CB antenna, there was like a penis antenna on the top of a car? <laughs> would that uh, would that do it for you? Um, I wouldn't like that much. Would you pass a law against it? At some point, um, I'm going to pass a law. See, you're you're so unprincipled, Mark. You're okay with truck nuts, but a uh, an entire phallic symbol is uh, is not appropriate. I don't know about a I don't know about a phallic symbol, but a, but an actual penis. Well, what would, if you airbrushed on the side, uh, you know, some horrifying sex scene? 
perhaps uh you know you know uh, perhaps a snuff film sex scene on on the side of a van. I I would think that uh, that. That should be legal, man. It's your <laughs> of car. course it should, right? It's your car. You well, should be able to put whatever offensive issue, things on it you that, want to. Um, I, I agree. I, I understand where you're coming from. The the issue that you're, um, you know, the, the area you're treading into is this public uh, property thing. Because why am I why am I treading into public property? Well, because now mean? now we're going on to you know what what is what is considered obscene, and I I don't have it. You know, there would be no obscenity laws, but you know the issue is is that you know the government owns the road. So if you're going to have this okay. obscene vehicle of yours on the government's road, then the but government... it's the people's road, like Steve said earlier. And that, well, I think we both know better than that. It's not. <laughs> the people don't own anything because the people can't own yeah. anything. Um, it's but the I government's. own my vehicle. You do. Yeah. And if, you know, if it comes down to... The government makes rules on what uh, should be allowed on the road and not allowed on the here's road. Here's the problem. You're on a slippery slope, Mark, mm-hmm. and here's where, here's where it is. You're saying that truck nuts, okay, truck penis, bad. Uh, you want a law against the truck penis, but the truck nuts are okay. So because you're accepting one law controlling mm-hmm. what people can put on their vehicles or the obscene scene uh, painted on the side of the truck, you want to ban that too. Right. The slippery slope is, yes, Christians may be in the voting majority at the moment. And I would presume that it's sort of uppity Christians that are getting upset about this sort of thing. Uppity religious people, just in general. Probably. Okay, you guys might be in the majority, the voting majority at the moment, and you might feel all warm and fuzzy about banning things you don't like, like a truck penis. In that case, be very, very careful what you wish for. Because if you set the precedent that it's okay to ban certain things from people's vehicles, then eventually this is a possibility. How probable it is, I don't know. But you will admit, you have to admit, this is a possibility. Eventually, religion may fall out of favor, or your religion might fall out of favor. And let's say a bunch of anti-Jesus people get in control of the government, and they say, they start getting phone calls. The representatives say, I got a hundred calls from angry parents today saying they were offended by your uh, by these Jesus fishes they've been seeing all over the place. And you know what? Since kids are getting hurt, kids' minds are being warped by these Jesus fishes, and the Jesus is hanging from the, uh, the rearview mirrors and that sort of thing. I am passing, a, we are going to pass a law in the Maryland State Legislature or whatever state you live in to ban the Jesus symbolism. That could happen. Yeah. You know what? You want to ban what one person wants to put on their car. Eventually, it could come back to bite you in the butt. So so stop setting that precedent. And if you don't like what somebody has on their car, then slow down a little bit and let that jerk go right on ahead. And moms, when you see your children out there with tacky things on their vehicles like S-happens, bumper stickers, and uh, uh, truck nuts, tell them what you think. Exactly. You know there's going to be uh, some people that are going to get a mouthful from others because, again, it's freedom of speech. If you follow the truck nuts guy and then uh, pull over at the Walmart where he's going shopping or whatever, or the feed store, and just tell him what you think about it. Say, hey, I think that's offensive and, uh, and it makes me sick. And I'm never going to buy anything from your, uh, from your business ever again. In fact, I'm going to find out where you work and tell your boss that you're so tacky. 800-259-9231. I wouldn't recommend that because he might get angry at you and do something violent. I would just stay away from the conflict. More on the way. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. You like truck nuts? With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. 
That's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com, the place to go. Live streams, you get them there for free. The broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, two sizes, will fit virtually any Internet connection, and they're free. freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. So we were talking about the situation with truck nuts, and apparently people are very offended by these things. I saw them, and I was at I was pretty turned off. I mean, it's <laughs> it's really tacky and gross to have a, essentially a faux pair of testicles hanging from the backside of your truck underneath the license plate area. It's usually where I see it. And, of course, it swings, right, because it's on a chain usually, and so it'll swing when the when the truck stops. Right, there's a little movement to them. Right, and it's just really tacky and bad. But to pass a law against it, do we really need to be doing that sort of thing? If you think that we need to pass a law, oh, there I go again, using the, the term we. I'm not passing laws. The government. If you think the government should pass laws against these truck nuts, I want to hear from you. 800-259-9231. I mean, really. Are, are seeing a fake pair of testicles? Is seeing a fake pair of testicles going to scar your children for life? That's what I want to know. 800-259-9231. Also, uh, an Alabama listener, one of our listeners from WVNA in uh, wonderful Florence, Alabama, uh, 1590, has emailed in in regards to the sex toy issue. You remember we discussed this a couple weeks ago on the show. The Alabama government has a law on the books, and so do a couple of other states that ban the sale of sexual objects like sex toys. And I, I believe it's uh, it's going to possibly to the Supreme Court. It's been upheld by the 11th Circuit Court, a, a subcommittee of judges essentially, not the full court. But it, it, it's going to go to the full 11th Circuit Court for uh, for review. And then if it fails there, or if, uh, again, if it's upheld, they might, they might appeal it to the Supreme Court. But essentially the courts continue to uphold the Alabama ban on sex toys. Well, Dill writes in saying, Hey, I heard your segment on the Alabama law banning sex toys recently on WVNA. I've lived in Alabama for most of my life, and I do know that there are several video stores in my area that rent and sell triple X movies. I was in one of those stores one day, yeah, I admit it, and the manager asked me if I would like to see their sex toy section. They had a special room sectioned off exclusively for sex toys. This wasn't too long ago. Now, I'm not into sex toys, but I do know that this certain establishment sells them. However, I'm not sure of what the exact statute in the Alabama state law prohibits. Is it just actual penetration devices, or does it include gels and lubricants, etc.? Now, I remember reading a, a, a section of the law that referenced just obscenity. So if there, if the device or whatever is, is labeled or considered is considered obscene by uh, the prosecutor or whatever, then the individuals could be brought up on these charges. So, is a gel considered obscene? I don't know. Is a, a, a sex toy considered obscene? Maybe. Uh, it all depends on the politicians and their whims, as I understand it. Uh, Dill says, the reason I ask is because there might be loopholes in the law allowing certain devices and not others. I'm pretty certain this establishment is well known to local authorities. I actually see cops in there sometimes browsing the goods for their own pleasure, and they've never had any legal trouble. Do cops simply look? Do the cops simply look the other way, or is the establishment careful in what uh, what toys that they sell? Yeah, that's an excellent question. I mean, if the law is really on the books, 
Is it just that they haven't been enforced upon yet, and they've just been sort of getting away with it? Do they do they not know that the law is on the books? Have they, or if they, if they've sectioned off, cordoned off a specific area for sex toys, what does that say? Does that say that the business is aware that there's something about this that they need to keep secret? I mean, it's a sex store. And or excuse me, it's a video store. So I guess that explains it. There's a triple X section in the video store, but then they've got a second section, a secondary secret area for sex toys. Well, no, it's not uncommon to have uh, separate areas for sex toys. I don't think that's that. I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Do the cops simply look the other way? Or I think they, they probably don't even know that there's law, and it's probably not enforced. That's what I'm guessing. I also know of sex toy parties, he says, that go on, and many normal, conservative, and married women go to them, just as an excuse to hang with the girls or as an excuse to get a gag gift for their husbands. Uh, it's, is it, it is crazy that this is illegal, but I must admit I've never heard of anyone getting busted for it. I didn't even know it was illegal until your show brought it to my attention. As for pornography, I'm aware that Alabama has made it illegal to receive XXX material over the airwaves, such as by satellite. However, I find this ludicrous, since you can go down to many local video stores and rent or buy the same material and do it legally. Where's the logic in this? You'd think the morality Gestapo would be more inclined to ban video porn rather than a simple cucumber-shaped device. I'm not for the abolition of any adult material, as long as it's bought and consumed privately by adults. So says Dill. In regards to the question about the uh, the porn over the airwaves, yes, it's illogical because it's government, but there is something behind it. And here's my guess. Probably the video store owners in Alabama lo- lobbied for uh, a, a ban on satellite porn because it's competition. Mm-hmm. So that's probably what happened. They probably got in touch with some legislators and, and uh, that were porn-friendly or whatever, and said, you know what, uh, we think it's bad for Alabama businesses to have these triple X video services on satellite taking away our business. Mm. And so the Alabama legislature said, oh, okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, We want to protect our businesses here in Alabama since none of these triple X uh, video services are based out of Alabama. Uh, we're going to pass a law saying if you want to buy porn, you can only buy it here in Alabama stores. You can't order the sex on the uh, the satellite. That's what I'm guessing happened. Because, again, it's always about rewarding your friends and punishing your enemies. Right. If one particular industry I, has been punished over another, or if one subset of an industry has been punished over another, there's probably some lobbying going on. That's it, my guess. It, it's it, it's a possibility. I mean, it seems a little weird, but I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's just as likely that they would have outlawed porn, you know, because that's what they thought was a good idea. 800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves. Also on uh, the email box front, this one from Larkin Rose. Since we were talking about roads and the truck nuts, seems like an appropriate time to talk about government roads. In fact, this is a little silly at times, but I think he makes a few good points. Now, Larkin Rose is known for um, being a tax freedom advocate. He was one, he was put in jail about a, two years ago um, because he has written books and published videos that that essentially uh, outline his belief system in regards to the government taxation system. Larkin is also a Free State Project member uh, as well, and I believe he's going to be making his way up to New Hampshire hopefully soon after his wife is released from prison um, on similar charges that that he faced. But he's not all about taxes. He's not a single issue guy. In fact, he wrote an essay about government roads, and it is called. Who would finance and maintain roads without taxes? First issue, benefits and obligations. Benefiting from something doesn't create an obligation. Furthermore, a service being provided in a free marketplace doesn't require all beneficiaries to pay. 
Even furthermore, economic transactions are not isolated in independent events. When the supermarket across the street gets their electric bill, they don't send me a piece of it. Why not? Well, when I shop there, I benefit from being able to see stuff. I also benefit from it being a nice temperature inside, even if it is very, very cold outside. How heartless of me to go in and buy some sushi, a hunk of pepperoni, and a bag of candy corn and only pay for those things. What a freeloader I am. Start with basics. Wealth is stuff people want. Without coercion, there are two ways to gain wealth. Make what you want by yourself, or make something someone else wants and trade with them and others to therefore get what you want. So, Fred wants his lawn mowed. Two kids are considering the job. One lives three houses away, and the other lives eight miles away. The second one has additional expenses involved in getting Fred's lawn mowed, whether the expense of time and effort, like pushing a mower eight miles, or an expense of paying someone money to drive in there. Fred doesn't give a rat's butt about those expenses. Fred is not obligated to give the kid extra money for a car ride. No. Fred isn't obligated to give either kid anything until an agreement has been made. If Fred is actually trading and not being a charitable organization, the only factors in his decisions are, what do I get and what do I lose? That's all. He loses a few bucks, Mm -hmm. he gains a mowed lawn. On the flip side, the only thing the kid considers is, what do I get, what do I lose? The answer to the second question is very different for the second kid, the one living eight miles away, since he loses more in the deal than the first kid. But that's only relevant to his decision and not Fred's. More on the way and how this ties into the roads in moments. 800-259-9231. Your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. This is your show, Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call. You can make it now at 800-259-9231. Packet8.net toll free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free. We do ask that you voluntarily support us by heading over to amp.freetalklive.com and learn about the Amplifier program. It's very simple. The idea is that you send in $3 a month on a voluntary basis to the show, and we use that money to turn around and buy advertising to promote the show to more radio stations, to get the show on more people's internet connections. And the fact is, it's working. That's why over 300 of our listeners have decided to become Free Talk Live amplifiers, because it makes a difference. We're actually spreading the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide and as fast as we possibly can. The more amp dollars we have, the more effective we can be at doing that. In fact, our amplifiers, thanks to them, are going to be sending us to a talk radio convention this very month, next week, in fact. And that's a big deal for us because it allows us to smooth with the industry big wigs, etc., and uh, makes us look a whole lot bigger than we might actually be. And that's important. Appearances are everything. Symbolism is everything. And the amplifiers allow us to really compete with the rest of the talk radio industry in a way that we couldn't do without the amplifiers. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com. You learn about the program. You learn about the perks. Amp. .freetalklive.com. Larkin Rose reporting on roads. He's usually a tax guy, but he's talking about roads in this particular case. Hmm. As he's pointing out, when uh, in any sort of economic transaction, there are two questions that need to be considered by both sides individually. The questions are, what do I get and what do I lose? And uh, he's talking about a, a few different examples of this. Back to the supermarket across the street. What does it get and what does it lose by making a deal to sell me sushi, pepperoni, and, a can- and candy corn? It obviously loses the actual physical stuff it gives to me, but it loses a lot more than that. Yes, I know it is an imagined entity, but for simplicity, just pretend one person runs the whole store. It knows that I don't want to shop in some dark, cold cave. So it loses money making a warm, well-lit, orderly, accessible business place. Accessible? Well, what does that require? Roads. On the supermarket's private property are roads and parking lots, really wide roads. 
where did they come from? Why didn't they send me a bill for them? Well, because it was part of their premeditated loss in the deal to sell me that sushi, pepperoni, and candy corn. A parking lot is a really ex- is really darn expensive compared to a hunk of pepperoni. What if that was all I ever bought there? Would I be freeloading then? No. Second issue. Free choice and mutual agreement versus coercion or threat of violence. There are many stores between my house and Ophakonoki Swamp, which I've been to only once and spent about $10 or so at. However, they each cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to build and maintain, keep stocked, etc. Hardly seems fair, unless you understand economics. The fact that I benefit from something in no way obligates me to pay for it. While this might sound a bit communist-ish, it isn't. I only acquire an obligation to pay when there's an agreement that I will pay something for something. If this were not so, I'd be the freeloader king on my way down to Ophakonoki. I'd hear a cool song that I didn't pay for, while looking at nifty scenery I didn't pay for, driving down a road I didn't pay for, state roads not in my state, while munching on circus peanuts I didn't pay for, but my buddy did. But how will the roads work? Damned if I know, says Larkin, it isn't mine to fret about, not because I don't want roads, but because I'm not the one who will be making and maintaining them. The problem with collectivists is that they have such a fetish for micromanaging everything that they think they need to know every detail about how something will work. Well, it never occurs to them that it isn't that way now. Here's status logic as applied to lunch. How can I be sure someone will make me a sandwich for my lunch? I need lunch. How will they get the grain to make the bread? How will they transport it? Who will pay for the building and the equipment to make the bread? What if they make bad bread? What if they charge $1,000 for one sandwich? What if they decide to not bother selling sandwiches anywhere near me? I need lunch. What if they just do nothing? I'll die. As idiotic as this is, it's precisely the same logic that statists have regarding the concept of roads. Roads, right. As though, um, you know, no roads would happen anywhere if it wasn't for the government. That's what some people, um, the allegation they make. It's uh, the same logic they have regarding the concept of roads without the omnipotent state running the show. What if no one makes roads? What if they charge too much? What if they don't make a road for me? Etc. What if you get a grip and stop pretending the world should be or could be micromanaged? The usual result of collectivist crises such as this is to advocate state coercion to solve the problem. The trouble is, it never solves the problem. It no, removes. It, just, it usually makes it worse. It removes the incentives to do the job well, and it's immoral. Back to Fred. Politicians decide that Fred needs to have a mowed lawn, so they create the Department of Lawn Mowing. While there's no true economic link between what Fred gets from the department and what's stolen from him, the supposed benefit makes him tolerate the robbery. And when he's being particularly idiotic, makes him grateful that he's being robbed. After all, if there were no department and no one was willing to mow my lawn, etc., etc. <laughs> Adding coercion is immoral. I don't give a rodent's behind if you think Fred benefits from something. The deals in which he gets stuff and loses stuff are his to make and not yours. You have no right to force him to pay for something he didn't agree to pay for, any more than my buddy can send me a bill for the circus peanuts he gave me as a gift. And if he tried, he wouldn't be my buddy. Fred's benefits are relevant. However, Fred cannot use other people's stuff without their permission. If he has permission, it doesn't matter whether he had to pay for that permission or not. But we need roads! So let's start robbing everyone. A road's not a right. In fact, nothing is a right if someone else has to make it for you. Mm, Luckily, when the control freaks stay out of the way, self-interest does a marvelous job of making the customers rich. That's right, the customers rich. This is something that most people are pitifully clueless about. The big, meanie, evil corporations don't rob their customers. They make them rich. 
when Fred is in a store, he's still thinking, what do I lose and what do I get? Without coercion like the state uses, the business has to make sure Fred gets something he wants. This is true even if Fred isn't paying for you know, that particular exactly thing. exactly what he wants. If he's looking for a, a room uh, humidifier for or whatever it is he's looking for, he's not just going to go and get the whatever one it is that they dish out to him. He's going to get the one that ha- wants a, that has exactly the, the features. features that he's looking for. This is something the state can't even come close nope. to. Not only are they going to give you the crappiest humidifier out there, it'll be broken half the time. You know, and and it's going to cost ten times as much as you need it to, and it's not going to spit out as much steam as it should, and all these other things. But it's they're only going to give you one type of humidifier. Yep. So you know, it's just a bad idea to have the state do anything. Larkin says, I have stuff and produce stuff, and people want it. That, plus an understanding of economics, puts me in real good shape when it comes to stuff I want, like roads. I like roads. They're easier to drive on than rocks and trees. Without the state, someone will make them for me. How can I be so sure? How can I be sure, or I can be sure, for the same reason that I can be sure that I can walk across the street tomorrow and get lunch without any politician forcing anyone to make it for me? Remember what happened when the... the the communist government put themselves in charge of food distribution? That's when you have uh, soup lines, you know, people waiting for all day to get bread. As a side note, lots of people like roads. Examining the conclusion of the status predicted crisis regarding roads is very telling. The control freaks must rely and truly believe that without the state, hundreds of millions of people would be sitting in their houses wishing they could get places. <laughs> and no one would take the opportunity to make lots of money fulfilling that desire. If someone will go to the effort to make sure that I can buy a hunk of pepperoni, then someone will damn well make sure I can get there to buy it. I could guess at who will build the roads, even without a toll system where users pay directly. I might guess oil companies. I might guess supermarkets. I might guess tire companies, car companies, restaurants, etc. But it's slightly pointless for me to guess and only eggs the collectivists on for their desire to have everything preordained by threat of force. What I do know is that adding coercion to the problem reduces all of the factors that make it likely the job will be well done, as well as being evil. Consider Fred's decision about getting his lawn mowed if he was the state. What do I lose? Whatever I choose to give. What do I gain? Whatever I choose to take. It's amazing. And that's how that's how the free market works. What do you mean? You, you get what you you get what you're willing to pay for and what somebody's willing to sell for whatever price. Right, that, but that that statement is an example of the state's mentality. What do I lose? Whatever I choose to give. What do I gain? Whatever I choose to take. Because the state takes. Oh, I see what you're saying. I'm so sorry. I missed that. Okay. And if the boy was the state, the same thing applies. Coercion reduces uh, reduces the incentive to give the other guy a deal that he wants. This is so obvious and so basic and yet so foreign to most people. Gak, says Larkin Rose, <laughs> for, uh, the author uh, author of Taxable Income and a Free State Project member. Looking to uh, looking forward to having him here in the state as well. By the way, um, I wanted to just take a moment out. I didn't wanna, don't want to end the show on a, a real maudlin note, but today is uh, the first anniversary of the death of one of my heroes, Harry Brown. Really? Uh, died a year ago today. Hmm. And there's a fantastic he did little... some amazing stuff. I mean, I, I don't think that's maudlin. We can only celebrate the life. I mean, he, he right. lived a long time. And, and he, he did, did a lot of just a, incredible work yeah, great for, stuff. for the pro-freedom movement. I, I consider myself a Harry Brown libertarian. You know, if it, weren't, uh, if, I, if it weren't for Harry Brown being out there doing what he did, this show may very well not exist. Yeah. And so I just wanted to take time out to remember Harry and all the wonderful things he did. I've got a, a poem here. It's not really a poem. It's, his, uh, it's something that he wrote to be read during his funeral service. Don't have time to sneak it into this show, but I'll bring it up tomorrow night. 
because I, did, I just thought it was really inspiring. And uh, as usual, Harry is an excellent writer and something worth reading and sharing with you. Of course, uh, Harry Brown, if you don't know, ran for president twice on the Libertarian ticket, wrote some excellent books. We promoted a few of those last night. One of my favorites, Why Government Doesn't Work. Another one that's excellent is uh, How I Found Freedom in an Unfree World. That's a really good book. They're now being published in digital format on his old website at harrybrown.org. And we're going to be back tomorrow night with more Free Talk Live. It's been Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us in the meantime online at freetalklive.com. Do you like to build things? Have you ever cut wood with a tool? Are you tired of poor quality goods found in the Megalomart? If you answered yes to any of these questions, woodcraftplans.com has a fun project for you to make. We have hundreds of blueprints and patterns which can help all skill levels of craftspeople make wooden lawn furniture, bedroom furniture, yard decor like wishing wells and shadow figures, rocking horses, and a lot more. Visit woodcraftplans.com today. Get a plan and start building. That's woodcraftplans.com.